0: Good morning again, if you would turn to Hebrews chapter 5. We're going to be looking at the end of chapter 5 and going into a little bit of chapter 6 this morning. Last week we started a new sermon series entitled Going Deeper Together. We were in Hebrews again last week and we were talking about how Christ has done this magnificent thing that he died on the cross and rose from the grave so that he may pay a penalty that we could not pay so that we could have a relationship with the creator of all the universe and he not only has opened the door for us to have that relationship but he is entreating us he is calling us to go deeper in that relationship to trust him more to to look more like him And, and it's the ultimate Up until the day of glorification when we join Him for all eternity as believers. And we talked about how that if we are going to do that, that it is going to be an inevitable outcome that as we draw closer to Him, that we're going to draw closer to one another. Just as we use the example of a teacher calling a class closer so that they may understand the instructions that are being given, as they draw closer to the teacher, they also draw shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder one another in a group, and the same happens for us, the same should be happening for us. This week, we turn our attention specifically to the idea of going deeper, to the heart of a believer and our the, what our desire should be when it comes chapter 5 of Hebrews, and we're going to go through chapter a little bit of chapter 6. The writer here and, and scripture here is giving a pretty strong admonishment towards the reader. This is not a maybe soothe your soul type passage, but it is a good reminder. It is a good reminder that we all need from time to time. So if you would stand with me, that we may read God's word and show it the respect that their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil therefore let us leave the elementary doctrine of christ and go on to maturity not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward god and of instruction about washing and the laying on of hands the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment and this we will do if god confess before you that for all of us, there are times that we do not hunger after you. There are times that we do not put in the practice, that we do not put in the discipline that it sometimes takes to go deeper in a relationship with you. Lord, but rather That over, the, over this last week, man, I was just convicted about where am I at? What are my desires? What am I pursuing right now? Because as we read the words of Hebrews, as we read Scripture that the Holy Spirit has anointed for us, it is clear that there should be a go deeper. The writer begins this passage, about this we have much to say and it is hard to explain. What is it that he has much to say about? Well, if you skip forward or you rewind just a little bit into chapter 5, he is beginning to introduce the idea of the priesthood of Mechizedek and how Mechizedek's priesthood was different from that of the priesthood of Aaron how Mchesledick was eternal and he begins to connect that to Jesus and the priesthood of Christ and he longs to open the scriptures he longs to open up the eyes and the hearts of this people so that they may see this great deep truth and they may rejoice in it that they may be encouraged by it that no longer who is not perfect. No longer do they have a high priest that is mortal. No longer do they have a high priest that doesn't understand them, but rather they have Christ as their high priest, as their perfect mediator. And his reign as priest will never end. He longs to go deeper with this. He wants to do it. We look in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. You can the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect but I press on to make it my own because Christ has made me his own brothers I do not consider that I've made it my own yet but one thing I do forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead I press on Otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have obtained. This is the heart of a believer. This is the heart of a child of God. Not simply that they would be satisfied with justification, but they would long for sanctification. They would long to know Christ better. They would long to know Him in a better relationship ways that we cannot even imagine, to grow deeper, to see the deeper things, to know what do we do in the face of grief, what do we do in the face of suffering, what do we do in a world that is losing its mind, where right is wrong and up is down, what do we do with that? What do we do with our, a world that would like nothing more than to rip our faith down, how do we stand wants to take us deeper he wants us to explore those answers he wants us to learn what it means to to trust him in a way that's whole and complete but not only is there a longing to go deeper in the believer but there should be an expectation of maturity you see there in verse 12 it says for though by this time you ought to be teachers there's an expectation of Scripture that we mature, that we get older, that we not only get older, but we get more competent in Scripture. We get more able to to wield it and to use it. Scripture here, when he says that you ought to be teachers, he's not saying that all should become pastors. He's not saying that you should all become professors and theologians. That's not what he's saying here. It is a call back to the Great Commission. Go, make disciples, teach them. We all share in that responsibility. We all share in the responsibility of teaching. For some of you, it means teaching your children or teaching your grandchildren. For some of you, it means teaching a coworker and sharing with them about the fundamental aspects of our faith. For some of you, it means teaching in in just the community that you live in. And we all do that differently. Some of us teach better in a one-on-one setting over coffee some of us teach better in a a group setting some of us teach better when we're underneath the hood of a car working side by side some of us work better when we're in the cab of a tractor some of us work better on a line in a factory we all have different ways of of engaging other people and of showing them and teaching them and talking to them about what it is we Then we also see the reality of stunted growth. We see the reality of stunted growth. He says there we long, we have much to say about this, but he says that they have become dull of hearing. He says you should be teachers, but instead you need someone to teach you again the basic principles. By the way, the idea there, basic principles, the the Greek word there is calling to mind two different things. It's calling to mind like the ABCs, very basic, like you can't learn how to write, read, without learning your letters, it's, it's that. But it's also calling to mind the elements, the ba- basic building blocks of all of, of what we see, the very atoms. You need to understand these things before you can move on, but you need to be taught them again. You, you still are going over the basics, the ABCs of the Christian faith. them out. He says, you you haven't moved on. Paul uses this same imagery, by the way, in 1 Corinthians. If you read 1 Corinthians, it is uh, probably one of the harshest letters, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, are harsh letters towards a church that's just in trouble. And there, Scripture talks about this idea of maturity again But there, instead of talking about just that you haven't moved on, that you haven't grasped on to deeper things, that you're still with the basics, what Paul describes in Corinthians is the result of that, the result of not moving forward, the result of not going on to solid food, and the result is that there is, says you want evidence that you haven't become mature look at the jealousy that's going on among you there were some in that church who were saying well i was baptized by paul and i was baptized by apollos and i was baptized by this other dude and they're like my baptism is better because of who performed it by the way no one says well i was baptized by brian i still haven't heard that. okay but there's jealousy among the church and strife among the church Paul says, this is evidence that you have not matured. You are arguing over nothing. You are arguing over nothing. He goes on to talk about how they don't do the Lord's Supper correctly. They haven't even figured out how to do that right. He talks about how they have accepted immorality amongst their midst and have accepted someone who is very blatantly just thumbing his nose at Christ. And he says, what are you doing, church? The fact that you have accepted this, the fact that you have immorality is a sign of your immaturity. Hebrews is is goading us to say, Look, you are not moving to deeper things. You are satisfying yourself with the basics. But the result of that is immorality. The result of that is I would like to buy about $3 worth of the gospel, please. Not too much, just enough to make me happy, but not so much that I get addicted. I don't want so much the gospel that I, of the gospel that I learn to really hate covetousness and lust. I certainly don't want so much that I start to love my enemies, to cherish self-denial, and to contemplate missionary service in some alien culture. I want ecstasy, not repentance. I want transcendence, not transformation. I would like to be cherished by some nice, forgiving, broad-minded people, but I myself don't want to love those from different races, especially if they smell. I would like enough gospel to make my family secure and my children well-behaved, but not so much that I find my ambitions redirected or my giving too greatly enlarged I would like about $3 worth of gospel please the and, and while whose book that comes out of he's the one that quotes Don Carson he goes on to share a story about his dad his dad was a little bit tight and so he would stop at the gas station and when he did he would always ask for just $5 worth of gas. And his mother would always look at his dad, Thabiti's mom would always look at his dad and go, sweetheart, just fill the car up. Make the commitment. And Thabiti's dad would always respond, that's enough to get us home. $5 is enough to get us home. No sense of commitment, no sense of wanting to stretch yourself and maybe put out there on a full tank of gas. But yet we do with milk not solid food let's take a look at that passage really quick that next part milk versus meat children need milk right children need milk second or sorry first peter 2:2 2, 2 makes this clear first peter is writing to new believers he's writing to new christians and he says like newborn infants long milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. He says if you're a new believer, praise the Lord, you have become a new creation. You need milk. Go for it. Long for the foundations of Christ. Long for talking about grace and resurrection. Long for those things. Those are good things for you to have. You need to understand them. Just as a child needs milk when it's young to grow up see an adult with a bottle. It's weird to see an adult not eating solid food. If an adult is not eating solid food, there's something wrong, right? They're in the hospital. They're they're unable to. They're sick. Really sick. So there's a natural maturing process that happens. We go from milk to meat. Meat being the deeper things, that, like we talked about with how do we deal with suffering? How do we deal Things that the world likes to throw in us how do we think about Christ being a, a, an eternal priest and a and a go-between for us and the Lord and, the, and God so children need milk but we should mature because children are unskilled children can have all of the head knowledge in the world but sometimes they don't know how to put it into practice if you've ever seen a, a child the basic understanding. They know what the animal looks like. They know what the house looks like. They know what the family looks like. They have a basic understanding of how a pencil or crayon or a marker works, and so they can use that thing. And you look at their picture, and we all ooh and awe. Oh, you did such a great job, sweetheart. That's a beautiful picture. Let's put that on the wall. Uh, Let's be honest. It's not. We love it. We're glad that they do what they do when they can do it. But if they grow up and they're 15 and they're still tracing their hand in roundabout ways and making a turkey out of it, we begin to question whether we've done a good job as a parent. There's a maturity that should happen. We, don't, we want them to become more skilled. We want them to get better, to use the knowledge and the information that they are getting to be able to put it in a practice. It's the same way with us as believers. We can have all the head knowledge we want, but if we don't begin to put it into practice, if we don't begin to mature, then there's a problem there. There's a problem there. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to be real careful about how I word this next point because I, I don't want to discourage some people, and I, and I don't want to, don't want to give the wrong impression here. Deeper, and then we have other believers who come to us and they ask us those difficult questions, and what is our response? Well, I think you should ask the pastor. About that. And that's that's fine. There are times, absolutely, when when you when you say that, and that's that's fine. I want to be available, and I I want to be able to talk with you. Know that I don't have all the answers, certainly, but I, I want to discuss things with you. But how great would it be, as brothers and sisters of Christ, if we could go to one another and say, "I'm dealing." This thing and rather than just having the, the blank stare and the, the fear that comes into people's eyes and then they say let us go to the pastor we could say well let's sit down and talk about that together a maturity to be able to discuss spiritual things with one another to be able to encourage and challenge one another children are unskilled but mature good from evil. He says, mature adults are stable. They're not swayed to and from by all the the whims of the world. They're able to plant their feet on the rock and they know what's right from wrong by looking at it. Now they may have to take their time in how to shape a response. Mature believers may have to take their time in deeper matters to go into the word and to pray and say this is what's going on but they have an innate ability to look at something and go, this is what we should do. I think about some of the giants faith in my life that there would be a difficult situation and we would be talking about it and i'm listening to them speaking i'm like how do they know this like someone asked me that question we're going to the pastor but they're just sitting there and they're just like this is what we should do this is this is this is what the word says and i'm like what in the world it's because they practiced they had been through life they had been through those times and they had, had the word of God third grade and part of teaching third grade one of the joys of teaching third grade is multiplication and she tries to instruct them and to help them understand that you have to memorize this you have to because there's gonna come a day when you're gonna need to go deeper with your math skills and if you don't understand the basics of multiplication your life is gonna be difficult friend have it just on command. You need to know the orders of operation for math. My wife every once in a while, she'll show me something on Facebook and inevitably it's like half of the world doesn't know how to do this math problem because heaven forbid there's a set of parentheses in it. And it's like, oh my goodness gracious, how have we not moved beyond this as a culture where we're asking each other on Facebook how to do a math problem because but the basic orders of operation in mathematics so that we can go on to deeper and more difficult things. In the same way, brothers and sisters, let us not forget the fundamental things. Heavens know we need to remember them. But let us move on so that they become second nature. So we are able to see the deeper things. We're able to see the hard things and go, this is right, this is wrong, I will not be swept. Chapter 5 ends tough. It's a, it's a call to action. But 6 is a continuation, and 6 starts with a hope for something more. It's a hope for something more. First, it's a call to move forward. He says, therefore, let us leave elementary doctrine of Christ. And go on to maturity. Notice he uses the word therefore. He doesn't use in spite of. He doesn't use like, I can't, I'm exasperated by you guys. We're just going to do this anyway. It's therefore. He's saying, let's go ahead. Let's move forward. Because sometimes with maturity, sometimes with learning to eat solid food, the best thing you can do is just to dig in. Sometimes when you want a kid to try something new the best thing to do, as I have learned apparently, because I was the child, is to sit at the table until they, they can't take it anymore. And they eat it, and then they go, oh, this isn't half bad," Or they look at you with hatred like, I can't believe a parent would make me do this. But sometimes it's just to move forward. He says, we're going to raise the bar here. Therefore, let us get on. Because we need to be mature, because we need to be teachers, because we need all of this, let us go. Let's Let's go for it. We're going to dig in. And that's what he does. Over in chapter 7, he's going to start talking about the priestly order of Mechizedek. He has taken an aside. He's taken a a detour here to say, hey, we need to grow into maturity. But he's going to go back to it. He's going to say, hey, we need to raise the bar if we're going to be deeper, if we're going to learn some of these things. He says, so let's go on. He says, we're not going to lay the foundation again. We're not going to go back to those things. And I, but we need to understand this. This is not a call to forget the basics, rather to build upon them. This isn't a call to forget the basics. It's not a call to walk away from repentance. It's not a call to walk away from forgiveness for sins. It's not a call to walk away from the resurrection. It's not a call to walk away from laying on a By the way, that one's confused a lot of people. What he's talking about there, the best we can tell, is the idea of washing. Jewish culture, you had washings that were cleansing, that they had power of their own. In Christianity now, we understand that washing baptism is is a symbol of something that God has done. And so there was the teaching, the understanding that those things are no longer connected, that they're separated. That's what he's talking there, the, the distinction between Jewish and Christian. He says, let's leave that behind. That's a foundation. That's good stuff that we need to know. It's good stuff that we never leave. But instead of rehashing all of that again and again and again, let's begin to build a house. If you pour a foundation and just stare at the foundation all day long, nothing's going to happen. Eventually, you have to go on to the next step. And that's what he's calling them to do. But I love how this passage, of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God and of instruction about washing and laying on of hands the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment and this we will do if God permits this we will do if God permits Should have a desire for maturity, a desire to be adults who are not blown to and fro by the the whims of our culture. But we also need to understand that at the end of the day, it is a process. to God that they develop and they mature into an adult. You can plant a seed in the ground. You can give it the best dirt. You can give it the best water. But ultimately it is the Lord who makes the growth happen. In the same way, brothers and sisters, we should desire to go deeper. We should do the disciplines of the faith. Reading the Word, praying, meditating, sharing our faith generosity, hospitality, we should go after those things, but we need to understand that at the end of the day, we must ask and beg him for a closer walk. I love that we sang that hymn today. To desire and to ask him, Lord, today I need a closer walk with you. I need something. in this church grew up in another church you've known the Lord a long time but you would say I have stalled out I've stalled out I've gotten satisfied with where I was at and I've allowed other things to get in my life and I've just become distracted this morning be satisfied with just three dollars worth of the gospel desire to be filled maybe this morning you're here and you would say i've never done that i've never had that relationship with christ i've never asked for forgiveness this morning you have that opportunity to be born again as christ calls it to become a new creation to ask him to forgive you for the things that you've done that you for the sin and the the things that have broken the relationship between the two of you to tell him that you don't want to walk that direction anymore, that you trust that Christ died on the cross and rose again for you to save you and that you're willing to make him Lord of your life, to go wherever he wants you to go and to do whatever he wants you to do. This morning, if you'll do that, he will save. He will make you a new creation. He'll draw you into that relationship. And you're going to start with milk. You need the basics first. And that's good. And we want to celebrate that with you. Peter says, that's good. Long for those things. Rejoice in those things. But we can't, we're excited about watching them. Worship is good, response in that way is good, but you respond as the Lord leads you. Let me pray. Father, we come before you and we thank you for how you love us. And Lord, I'm thankful today, Lord, that you don't leave us as children. Lord, you don't, you're don't. you not looking for just converts. Lord, you're looking for dedicated disciples, people that are willing to go deeper, people way.